0: fitting for this morning as on Mondays we unite around the word preaching that exhorts and get to hear from our president Dr. Kierton. and since his arrival as Northwestern's eighth president in 2002 he's faithfully served and led the college in growth in both academic excellence and financial health but also always holding firmly to Northwestern's Christ-centered biblical foundation Um, as you get to know him he has a deep and heartfelt uh, commitment to students and embraces any opportunity to interact with them whether it's on campus, in chapel, or even in his home, as he and his wife, Gail, love to host students. And I remember myself, even as a student, um, being uh, just the time of fellowship in food inside the Kirton household and being blessed by that. And he also serves as a president of Northwestern Media. So that's the media ministry of Northwestern that uh, reaches more than a million listeners with the truth and love of Jesus Christ. Uh, he's been married to his college sweetheart, Gail, since 1976, has three kids and 10 grandchildren. So... Uh, He's, he's a fun grandpa, I'm sure. So I know today you're going to be blessed uh, by his message as you laugh, learn, and are further equipped and empowered to live more fully your calling and walk in Christ. So let's give a well-deserved, enthusiastic welcome to our president, John Pearson. And uh, would you just extend a hand out toward him and a hand up as we pray for him and for our own hearts. Father in heaven, we are grateful that we can stand together upon the solid rock of Christ, who is the object of our faith. Thank you for the good work that you have begun uh, here and the work that you are faithful to see through to completion. We pray for Dr. Kirtan now um, that you would fill him with your spirit, give him um, understanding, unction, and utterance as he communicates your word. And Father, as we just sung, may our hearts be an offering to you. What can we do? What can we say? We just offer our hearts fully to you now. We thank you in advance for this time together in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, good
1: morning, Northwestern. Hey. It's good to be up here again. For you who are new to Northwestern, I have this little tradition when I speak in chapel that I show a couple of really stupid videos. and uh, Today I had a little bit of a challenge trying to narrow it down to two. Uh, But uh, let me uh, let me uh, prepare you for these two videos. I uh, I usually go to sleep pretty early. Um, early for you in the sense that I'm usually in bed by 1030. So I never watch these late night shows. However, every now and then I, I, I enjoy watching this karaoke car thing with uh, James Cardin, right? So uh, uh, So I was I was looking through the videos and I came across a couple on Jimmy Kimmel. And he does these things where he goes out on the streets and asks people questions. So this first one that I'm going to show you was on Father's Day. Is that the one we're showing first? Father's Day. Okay, let me let me brief this one while they're getting it ready. Um, So I'm gonna show you the one on Father's Day. Hey, let's talk. Well uh there you go, there you go. <laughs> so this is last Father's Day in June, right? And he's going to go out on the street, and he's going to ask somebody, um, what's one thing you've never told or admitted to your father? And then I've got one. The next one, that says, what have, you, have you ever shared a lie or told a lie to your mom? And of course, it's right in front of the father. It's right in front of the mother. So it's kind, of, it's kind of fun. You're really going to enjoy the mother one. But let's look at the father one first.
0: We decided uh, to celebrate early. We went out on the street this afternoon. We asked young people, what's the worst thing you ever did that your dad doesn't know about? And we had them answer the question while their dads were standing right there.
1: What is the worst thing you've done that your dad doesn't know about? (laughs) Um, stole 20 bucks. (laughs) From where? His wallet. (laughs) That's all it, over the years Maybe 80 bucks <laughs> How do you feel about
0: this? Um, you know what? Uh, I'm a police officer I actually thought my wife was doing <laughs> that So yeah
1: What is the worst thing you've done that your dad doesn't know about? Um, remember uh, this semester in college whenever I was really sick and I wanted you to come get me and get a hotel room? Oh, yeah, for one night? I was really hungover that morning. That's yeah. why. Drink? Well, sorry. <laughs> Drink? What are you drinking with? Uh, I didn't know you were drinking. Oh, oh, honey, I'm supposed to be drinking down there. Mom was saying I needed to drive all the way down to college for one night and get her a hotel room because she had diarrhea. Not diarrhea. What is the worst thing you've done that your dad does
0: not know about? The worst thing that I've done, uh, when I was in high school, the first time I did anything uh, provocative with my girlfriend was in the back of your car.
1: But well, he just—he just was in the seminary, so that shocked me. He just left the seminary. This is before that. This was—this was my good son. Now I wasn't worried about this one. It was the other one. Honestly, what is it that your dad doesn't know about? Well, it's not really bad. It's just that on Christmas, well, I know Santa Claus is real.
0: Come on. People.
1: Santa Claus ain't real. Up now. <laughs> what is the worst thing you've done that your dad doesn't know about? What is the worst thing I've done? I had a fake ID in high school that you found,
0: but I never used it. But I did
1: facilitate my entire senior class in high school getting their fake IDs. And I had to ship money off to China. And disrespectful! <laughs> <laughs> it's Father's Day! So what? Uh, I know you're. If you're like me, you're thinking, "Okay, what, what did I not tell my dad?" <laughs> but I'm not. I'm not going to tell you today. But anyways, uh, let's let's transition over to uh, the one lie we told our told our mom. On Mother's Day,
0: we tell our moms how much we love them. There's some things that we don't ever tell them, which is dishonest, and that's not right. So, to break those barriers down, we went out on the street today, we asked people, what is the biggest lie you ever told your mom? With their mom standing right next to them. And with that said, please enjoy this special Mother's Day confessional.
1: What is the biggest lie you've ever told your mom? Oh no! What do I sign that for? Um, me and my best friend, used to sneak out and go to drag queen shows. (laughs) What's the biggest lie you've ever told your mom? That I wasn't out all night doing drugs. (laughs) Used to be. When? High school. What is the biggest lie you've ever told your mom? mailbox. Oh I didn't know about that. (laughs) With her car. (laughs) car. What's one thing you've
0: done that you've never told your mother?
1: I hit someone on accident and I got a citation. (laughs) Was it really by accident? No. What's a lie that you've told your mom? Uh, That I haven't taken her makeup and I took a lot actually. Mm -hmm. What makeup have you taken? I've taken some lipstick. And some foundation, and and some powder, and, and, and mascara, yeah. and some eyeshadow, maybe. Uh, blush. I took some blush from right Rector. What's the biggest lie you've ever told your mommy? No, it's I stealed it. What did you steal? Daddy's wedding ring. <laughs> Daddy's wedding ring. Where did you put your dad's wedding ring? Uh, under my pillow. Was her husband freaking out? Uh, yeah, we ripped the house apart. We were looking for it, we kept asking him, and he didn't tell us until we bribed him with ice cream. Where it was. So you did know where it was. <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> you know, can I go pee now? Yes. the first you've done that you've never told your mom? The first kiss? No, uh, <laughs> I'm not kidding.
0: That's not cool, dude. <laughs>
1: Are, is we're he not allowed on, to no, kiss? No, no, we're we'll talking talk- on the way home. Yeah. <laughs> Was it worth it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, what's the biggest lie you ever told your mom when you were younger? That I never smoked. I used to take her cigarettes. I used to <laughs> light them on the on the stove in the kitchen and smoke them. And then before she came home, I used to put the vents on in the house and get the smoke out of the house. You really stole my cigarettes. Oh, you? I thought you said I no, her mom. One. My mom. Oh, okay. But my mom. Okay. Oh, yeah. f- it's another lie. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, did we just uncover that you smoke? What's the biggest lie? That
0: she look good in a dress even though she didn't? That was a low glow. What are you going to get your mom for Mother's Day? Uh, Flowers? Maybe a new dress? Burn that one.
1: So those of you, those of you who are new students, there's nothing spiritual about those videos. So I just like to show it because I can as the president of the university. So pray with me, pray with me, all right? Father in heaven, as we open up your word, may your spirit open up our eyes and our hearts to understand what you want us to learn at this time so that we may glorify and honor you by all we do and say, in Christ's name, amen.
0: So if you have your scripture with you,
1: whether it be in a Bible or whether it be on your iPad or phone, open up to Romans 12. What I want to share with you is a passage of scripture that um, speaks volumes to us. passage that has meant a lot to me over the years, and it comes right after uh, those two verses in Romans 12, where it talks about presenting yourself as a living sacrifice, but it's the verses that remain in the end of the chapter, towards the end of the chapter, that really speak to us, and Paul, Paul is sharing with us, after he challenges us, present yourselves as a living sacrifice, then he breaks it down into three different categories. He breaks it down into yourself as an individual, then the church, and then how you and I relate to the world. So let's take a look at these verses. Let's, take, let's start at chapter, or verse three. And I'm going to be reading. This is the uh, New Living Translation. It's a little beat up, which is like yours, I hope. Uh, but it's a, it's a paraphrase. It's not a literal translation, so it's a paraphrase. One of the let you know that. Okay, verse 3. As God's messenger, I'm giving each of you a warning. Be honest in your estimate of yourselves, measuring your value by how much faith God has given you. And I want to encourage you, as men and women of faith, don't think too low of yourself and don't think too high of yourself. I think when I talk to students, I'm surprised at the number of you who say to me, oh, I'm not really that gifted, oh, I'm not really that strong in my faith, or I'm not really, and there's a sense where you want to decrease yourself by attacking or, or addressing what you see as weaknesses in yourself. And you wanna tear yourself down. Paul's saying, don't do that. Be honest with yourself. You are a child of the king. You have been touched by him. You are part of his elect. You are part of his chosen. You are going to be spending eternity with Him as a child of the King. But then also, don't think too highly of yourselves. I uh, I have a really a wonderful privilege of serving as your president, and it comes with a lot of perks and it comes with a lot of advantages. And I have to remind myself constantly that I, this is a call that's placed on my life for such a time as this. And not to get wrapped up in the power and the association that comes with it. And I'll 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 give you an example. This job has allowed me to do some things that I never would have thought that I, as a Bible major, would have the opportunity to do when I was in college. But it's only because of what God has laid before me and the opportunities that are there. And I know it's because of Northwestern and the job I held. So I should not think highly of myself that I sit on various boards, or that I have various responsibilities, or have opportunities to speak in front of numerous people. It's only because of the grace of God. So don't think of ourselves too lowly. Don't think of ourselves too highly. Think of ourselves, God, you've given me the faith, the measure of the faith, to believe in you and walk with you. Let's continue on. Just as our bodies have many parts, And each part has a special function so it is with Christ's body we are all parts of one body each of us has a different work to do and since we are all one body in Christ we belong to each other I want you to hear that we belong to each other each of us needs all the others as a body of Christ this is where we differ than the world is that we're one together. We are no longer male or female, Jew or Greek. Racism shouldn't be in the church. Sexism shouldn't be in the church. Ageism shouldn't be in the church. We are one in Christ. So when I look at you, you're a sister in Christ to me. You're a brother in Christ to me. We are equals in the eyes of God. We are one. But, just as Paul's going to say here in the, regarding the church, each of us has been given different gifts. We need each other. God doesn't call us to a faith that says separate yourselves from society. We want you to engage society. We want you to claim it in the name of Christ. We want you to boldly go into a community and say, I claim this in the name of Jesus Christ and live there, work there, impact and serve there. Maybe it's in a school, maybe it's in a business, maybe it's some community function, but you go in after you leave here and say, I'm claiming this in the name of Christ. As a body of believers, we work together, we rely on one another. As Paul said, we are one body in Christ. We belong to each other. That's good news, people. That's good news, and that's how we're different than the world. It's that common bond that we have in Jesus. So then he goes on in verses 6 through 8 to talk about the church. And I continue here. God has given each of us the ability to do certain things well. So if God has given you the gift or the ability to prophesy, speak out when you have the faith that God is speaking through you. If your gift is serving others, then serve them well. If you're a teacher, do a good job of teaching. If your gift is to encourage others, then do it. If you have money, share it generously. If God has given you leadership ability, then take the responsibility seriously. And if He's given you a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Let me add this. Let me add this to what Paul is saying. If He's given you the gift of understanding numbers, like in finance or accounting or actuary science, do that. If he's given you the gift of creating things, or that things need to be precise in your life, or if you just enjoy building things, be an engineer. If you enjoy working with people and moving an organization and managing things and you find yourself, you enjoy absolutely the club activity or the team you're on or the, or the music activity you're in, the management's for you. What if if you enjoy watching or seeing people grow physically in the sense of healing, then be a nurse, be a doctor, be a physician's assistant, be in the health-related fields. What if you enjoy working with other people? You find yourself having a very gregarious personality. You enjoy where people are in and then get into sales. As an example, my dad was a chemist, but as a chemist, he was great at solving problems. So the company he worked for, Abbott Laboratories, had him be the liaison between the company and the Federal Drug Administration. That was his job. My mother drove a school bus for 26 years for kindergarten students. Kindergarten students. She loved it. That was her gift. She was good at it. Whenever she was in my car and I was driving, she was reminding me of how fast I was going. that was their gift whatever you do do it for Christ do it for the kingdom as we go on in verse 9 don't pretend so now we've covered yourself now we've covered the church now Paul's talking about this is how you respond to the world don't just pretend that you love others really love them hate what is wrong stand on the side of good Love each other with genuine affection. This is agape love. You know that. When they talk about this in the word of God, this is agape love. And it continues to say, take delight in honoring each other. Honoring each other. Never be lazy in your work, but serve the Lord enthusiastically. I always tell students when I have an opportunity that one of the things that's important to us at Northwestern is that we prepare you for a calling, a vocation. Because nothing weakens your ministry, your relationship, your witness for Christ, than mediocrity in your job or your profession. You need to be the best. You need to be giving God your highest and best at all times. Never be lazy in your work, but serve the Lord enthusiastically. Be glad, for all God is planning for you. Be patient in trouble, and always be prayerful. That's how Paul is talking about how we relate to the world as believers. Really love each other. I love that phrase. So if persons persecute you, verse 14, if they persecute you because you're a Christian, don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. When others are happy, be happy with them. When they're sad, share in their sorrow. Live in harmony. This is where we as Christians make the difference. Live in harmony don't try to act important but enjoy the company of ordinary people never pay back evil for evil do things in such a way that anyone can see that you are honorable and do your part to live in peace with everyone as much as possible and then he goes on to say dear friends never avenge yourselves leave that to the lord for it's written i will take vengeance and i will repay and deserve you says the I want to close with this. I know it's been very rapid, and I know it's uh, been pretty quick, but I want to share with you a story of one of our trustees, and uh, new students, uh, when you were here for orientation, you saw a video. I couldn't be with you that day because I was at his funeral service. And Bill found out, he was one of our trustees on the board, uh, he was a good friend of mine, and he found out on June 22nd of this summer that he had liver cancer, he had tumors in 50% of his liver. And the physician and doctors down at Mayo told him, Bill, you have, we, you have these options when it comes to treatment. And Bill said to him, what, do you, what would you do if you were in my shoes? And he said, I would go home and enjoy my last few days. Bill said, that's what I'm gonna do. Bill then, from June 22nd until he died in late July, showed people what it was like to be a Christian facing death. He showed them the hope that we have. He showed them and represented to all of us the hope we have in Christ because we are different For the one that lives in us gives us life eternal. You as followers of Christ are different. We need to show the world that. We need to show the world what Paul has written to us in, in Romans 12: Honor, love, don't be lazy, work hard, support one another. Then, as a the body of Christ, to see each other as equals, to see each other as sisters and brothers in the Lord and the common bond that we have together. So, men and women of God, the call on your life by the Lord is to be different by being Christ to everyone you meet, everywhere you go. So be encouraged by that. Take it to heart and know that you will make a difference because of the hand of God that's on you. So pray with me. Lord, I ask for your Holy Spirit to descend upon the students that are here and those that couldn't be here today. I pray that you would also that your spirit would extend it over the entire northwestern community, including our media ministry. And Lord, I pray that through your blessing of your spirit, that we may be a blessing unto you, that Lord, your light would shine, that you would grow and expand your kingdom through the use, through the instruments of your people here on this campus and on the airwaves, so that you may be honored and glorified. Lord, we need to tell more people about the good news. We need to tell them and fulfill the Great Commission. Because there's nothing, Lord, as sweet as being in relationship with you and to be loved by you and to have your grace crush us each and every day. So Holy Spirit, bless us so that we in turn would be a blessing to our Lord and our Creator. And I ask this all, I ask this all in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and the people of God together said, Amen. Amen.